1: All right, buckle up. I've got some facts and figures to share here with you, and they all have to do with the vaccine. That's exciting, huh? (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what. There was an article I saw last week. I believe it was USA Today, and it had ranked Utah in dead last place when it came to the percentage of the population that had received at least one dose of uh, any one of the uh, vaccines. And that bugged me. That bugged me for, for so long. And I, you know, you hear all of the wonderful news to come from the Department of Health. You hear from the doctors. You hear from the policymakers. And yet you see this USA Today story indicating that we're, we're trailing behind the rest of the country in terms of percentage. And Now, listen to this, because the, the numbers are important here and the categories in which they fit. Utah, uh, it's not the case now, but uh, last week. USA Today reported that Utah, in terms of the percent of the population with at least one dose, so of all of the whole population of Utah, what percentage of those individuals have received just one dose, uh, we were trailing. And in fact, we we do continue to fall near the bottom at 15.1%. This, uh, according now to uh, data compiled by NPR, 15.1% Fifteen point one percent of the total Utah population has received just one dose. I just couldn't understand it, especially, especially when we have heard so often from uh, Governor uh, Governor Cox, in particular that first, remember that first press briefing he gave, where he talked about the 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 parameters he was going to put on the various uh, departments of health plus the other areas, the other organizations that were handing out the vaccine. Yeah, they needed to report, they needed to report every morning by 7 a.m. how effective they were in handing out the vaccine. Translation, he wanted to know how many doses were out there being unused and if one of these departments or health jurisdictions or whatever, whoever's handing out vaccine, if the report indicated that they weren't handing them out in a timely manner, they'd be reallocated. There was an aggressive, aggressive uh, uh, approach to making sure that the doses of the vaccine that arrived here in the state of Utah were in a timely manner injected into the arms of eligible Utahans. And as we have, me personally, here on this program, have had various conversations with representatives from the different health departments and jurisdictions here in Utah, it's pretty unanimous in that they, as soon as they get vaccine, they're able to get into the arms. And so how is it the case that we're ranked so low? Well, there's more to the story. There there are two there are two big bits of info that are important to understand uh, where things stand right now here in the state of Utah. There's another percentage number, and that is the percentage of doses used used being injected into the arms of Utah's. And if you look at that number, if you look at the total number of doses that have been delivered here to the state of Utah and what percentage of those have been injected into the arms of Utah's, Utah fares better than almost any other state in the union. Eighty-four percent. Eighty-four percent. Only a small full of, ha- of states are, are doing better, and the percentage difference is, is not all that great. How's that possible? How's that possible? Think about this. If you look into other demographic information, you'll find that Utah, as a state and as a population, ends up having more children than elsewhere in the country. And so it stands to reason and likely explains why the population, one made up of so many more children, which means uh, individuals ineligible to receive the vaccine. I think it's just uh, it's one of the two, two doses is approved for 16 plus, but there's nothing. There are no vaccines right now approved for uh, those individuals, those children, those youngsters uh, under the age of 16. And here in Utah, we've got a lot of them. And so if you happen to encounter that article that I saw last week, uh, know that there is a a good explanation and that in terms of objective facts, uh, we are getting the doses that make it here to Utah into the arms of Utahns. Now, I also bring that up because there are other articles out there, there are other stories and there's other reporting and it may also be your experience that registering to receive a vaccine is challenging. Yeah, there, there are a number of places uh, where you can get a vaccine, and that list continues to grow. And so navigating the various uh, health jurisdictions or now pharmacies and grocery stores, trying to make yourself an appointment, uh, it, may, it may be difficult, uh, but stick with it. And, and don't get too frustrated because know that even if you find uh, the process difficult to manage, and that is possible, and it is pretty a common experience, know that when all is said and done, vaccines are getting distributed here in the state of Utah. We could use some more coming in, get our percentage of the total population up. But in terms of the doses that are being delivered here to the state of Utah, there's a system in place that seems to be almost better than anywhere else in the country, delivering it into the arms of Utahns. Now, I have just one minute left to talk to you about another aspect of this, and it is the percentage of the population which is disinterested or hesitant to receive the vaccine. I will say, uh, first off, that I am on team vaccine. As soon as I'm eligible, I'll be getting one. I'll be recommending the same to my family and friends. But yet there is still here in Utah about 12%, 12% of folks uh, who have uh, expressed uh, hesitancy. Why is that? Well, you you, you probably know some of those wait and see folks. There are individuals who want to wait and see uh, how the rest of the population responds. There are some who, you know, have it in their head that this is all some kind of fake conspiracy and there may even be a microchip heading into their arm. Well, I don't buy that. I don't think you do either. There is another group. There is another sector of those hesitant to get a vaccine. And I never would have considered this. I never would have considered this. It turns out the very simple fear or phobia of needles has turned uh, a number of folks away from the vaccine and likely more than just the COVID-19 vaccine, but flu and shingles and whatever else you can get vaccinated for that crippling and overwhelming fear of needles. You heard yesterday from uh, Robin Garfield here from KSL News Radio offering up some of her expertise. Well, she has more to give uh, and she's she's me to reveal this. She herself battled a fear of needles and overcame it. How'd she do it? She'll tell us next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. 151 is the time here in the KSL newsroom. It's 44 degrees outside, according to my Apple Watch. I can't wait to get outside. There, there's some real sun shining through now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another hour or so of radio, and I'm going outside to go running. Maybe I'll see you out there. Uh... I I don't have many regrets in life, and I'm not ashamed of much uh, from my life. We all have some, uh, I think, events that we could go back and redo if we could, Uh, and and there is one that I would uh, particularly like to go back and redo. It was, I'm going to guess it was maybe the summer of 2007, and I was living in Provo, and there was a blood drive on the campus of Brigham Young University, and I had uh, I don't I delivered blood or delivered. I had donated blood once before in my life and it was during high school the Red Cross came in set up at the library and took blood from all of us uh, 18 and older and willing to donate. And there was immense peer pressure to do it and I was terrified of I was terrified uh, of needles and I, they just freaked me right out and uh, you know I, I don't think it would make me pass out or anything but I was just very reluctant uh, but you know, adequate peer pressure led me to uh, lay down in the chair in the high school library and give blood that day. The next opportunity I had was on the campus of Brigham Young University a number of years later. I signed up ahead of time. I showed up for my appointment, and as I was sitting there filling out the forms, I saw uh, the lineup of individuals lying on their, lying on the, whatever you call those, bed chair type things with the needles in their arms and uh, uh, and this is the moment I wish I could go back and redo. Uh, you know what I did? I set the clipboard down. Uh, I, I took the the sheet out that I had begun filling out. I, I tore it up, put the torn papers in my pocket, and walked away. Didn't say anything. I I got too freaked out by the needles. And what that means is, you know, not a lot. You know, there, there are plenty of folks donating blood. Uh, but, but whatever unit of blood that I would have donated that day could have gone to uh, help someone uh, and again, sure, that person probably got uh, plenty of help, uh, but I uh, took away from the effort at large by walking away. And uh, o- overcoming that is something that I've been pretty focused on. And I have since, if you remember, uh, last year, you and I were donating blood together, and uh, and I have no problem today. I got my I got my flu shot on the air this year. Had no problem. And when it comes time for me to get my COVID nineteen vaccine, I. I fully intend to do so. I am absolutely going to get it. I am on team vaccine. When I'm eligible, I will be getting one. Uh, But we have learned that there is a sector of the population, a portion of the 12% of Utahns reluctant to get a COVID-19 vaccine that are in that category, not because of any ideological opposition to the vaccine or fear that there's a microchip in there or something, but rather a... a a pretty near crippling fear of needles. In fact, uh, a text message just came through a moment ago. It says, I'm glad you're talking about vaccines and fear of needles. I'm 27 years old and want to get the vaccine, but I'm terrified of needles and usually pass out when getting shots. Uh, Joining us in studio now is uh, Robin Garfield, who has been through a a similar journey uh, herself, and has dealt with uh, a fear of needles and has to some degree uh, learned to, to cope with that. And uh, welcome her now to to hear her story. Robin, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks, Lee. Hey, I've got a word of the day for you. You know, Sesame Street or what was it, Peewee's Playhouse? Word of the day. Sure. You ready for this? I'm ready. Trypanophobia.
1: Trypanophobia. Try. Panophobia. try, panophobia. try uh, that's three. This pan. is T R Y. Oh, try Doesn't really try make pan a li-
2: pan.
1: So you cook in a pan. I know. Try anything. Want okay? Uh,
2: is that the fear of needles? It is the fear of needles. And I am just learning that. That the thing I have dealt with all all my life has has a word, has a name. There you go. It's called trypanophobia. Yeah. You know, needles are a crazy thing because you'd think at this point in our our medical advancement, we'd figure out some way other than a little poke or a stick to either put something in us or take something out of us. But that's what we do. We have to access the, you know, the the muscle or the blood or whatever. So, yeah, I've gone through the ringer. I have uh, three children. And I'm going to say a, a, a medical diagnosis, and if you know what this is, I am so sorry because it means you had it because mm. no one knows what it is. The term is called hyperemesis gravidarum, okay. and I had it with all three of my babies. Essentially, it is extreme, extreme morning sickness. So I was in the mm. hospital, the whole thing. But part of my journey with this is I had to get what's called IV therapy sometimes five, six times a week where I'd go in, get an IV placed, and and have to sit in a room. Sure. And For years, I mean, I went through three pregnancies. I counted with my last baby, 85 different sticks, either needles going in or coming out. And every time I would get one, I'd go through this every single time. I want to sing the song, knees knees weak, arms, whatever it is. Go for it, sing away. (laughs) Palm sweaty. No, but like, you know, my palms would get super, I'd shake. I start getting really anxious. I start a couple times, they'd say, are you going to pass out? Are you going to pass? I never actually blacked out, but every time. And so... I've I've learned a few coping strategies because at some point, you know, they need to get fluids in me. Baby's not doing great. I'm not doing great. And so and and I actually read this article today on NBC, which gives some of the same uh, coping strategies because they said that they did a study from the University of Michigan and showed that 20 to 30 percent of all adults in the U.S. have either mild or major Needle phobias. So this isn't just like a sliver of the population. And th-
1: Those fears leading them to uh, to avoid, avoid certain medical, medical treatment
2: treatments because of the fear of needles. So they give some kind of just surface level you know things in here that I would definitely back up. Bring a support person. Yeah. So I had to get a blood draw last week. I took my husband. I'm 37 years old. I took my husband with me to the lab and he held my hand, mm. and that helps. It, it, you know, poor guy sometimes has some nail. You know, scratches on his arms. But oh, yeah. he's, <laughs> uh, take yeah, deep breaths. There. Yeah, yeah. Take deep breaths. Sure. Uh, it says you can request to be inoculated. So if you're getting a vaccine, t- to be re- to to be reclined. I've never noticed that to help or not. But they say if you know you recline, stay positive. I feel like that's an obvious one. But, yeah, sure. And then um, <laughs> this one is me. This is my major uh, one. Tell the person administering the vaccine that you're terrified. Mm. This is my. The, I tell everybody. If you're scared, tell the person, tell them 80 times, talk the whole time they're giving you the shot. That's my major, I, I talk, I start babbling. My husband laughs at me when I go to get a, an IV or a vaccine or whatever. I start talking the minute I walk in, because I'm a talker anyway, and I start, to, I tell them I'm scared. I'm really scared of vaccines, vaccine. So I'm just going to start talking. Please ask me a question. I'm going to go to, and I'll just, people that have given me vaccines know more about my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to remember it's way worse to think about it than it is to actually ever get the shot,
1: ever. How about, would you look down? Would you look at the oh, injection no. going That's in? That's the other thing. You, you I do not look. look.
2: I, and they always ask, do you want to watch? And I think, yeah. who, who watches even if they're not scared of needles? like Maybe there's yeah, yeah. some people out there that are fascinated, but no, no, I've, no.
1: I've, I've overcome my fear to the point where I watch.
2: Oh gosh! No. Uh,
1: how about how about a countdown? Does a countdown help you?
2: So last week when I so I had to get four blood draws last week for, for a reason. Sure. Um, HIPAA. We're not going into that, but
0: <laughs> um, no. Let's uh, let's let's, yeah, crack let's the books. dive into my uh, medical
2: history here. And uh, every time they'd say, "Do you want me? Do you want to know when I'm going to put the injection or the the needle into take the blood?" And yeah. I'd say, "No, but yes, 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 I do." Yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I think it helps to know. Maybe not a countdown, but like, all right, here we go. And yeah, the thinking about it. And my kids have to get shots, right? I have three little kids, and. Um, When they're little, they don't really fight because they don't know it's coming. But now that I've got an 11-year-old... It's like, do we tell them ahead of time? Because I would say that the percentage of children who are adverse to shots is in the 90 to 90. I've never seen a little kid who's like, oh, yeah, let's, you know. Go well, those to-
1: are the ones you got to worry about. Right? The ones who say, hey, mommy, can I get another shot? <laughs> right? uh, you, might have, uh, you might have uh, some other issues to deal yeah. with there. Uh, listen, my hat's off to the phlebotomists out there. I have seen some of them uh, in action. I've seen them, their bedside manner, when they are able to calm one down. And I can remember my, you know, before I really kind of overcame my Uh, fears of this stuff as i'd get uh you know a vaccine or whatever the case may be uh it it was remarkable uh the way that they can uh, calm you down so listen if you're part of this sector of the population if you're part of the 12 percent here in utah afraid of needles and that's preventing you from getting care uh, consider these tips you just heard from robin see if you can overcome that you don't want your health to suffer due to a fear all right Uh, quick break when we return the top two stories at two o'clock next on ksl news radio